Andic out here, Gonzaga Nation SI, the Gonzaga Nation Media Network. We've got a quick update on the NBA Draft Combine. I've touched on it a number of times in the last few weeks about the importance of it uh, for the Gonzaga Bulldogs that are in that boat where they could stay in with a tremendous performance or they could come back to school and really bolster um, the outlook uh, for Gonzaga this upcoming season. We all knew, as again, uh, Chet Holmgren, foregone conclusion, knew he was going to be a one and done. Uh, he has not gone through uh, the um, testing at the draft combine, and that's typical of a top three, four pick. Many times those guys who are electing to be a part of the combine with interviews, um, but not being a part of the workouts, um, will have their own separate testing for each of the individual teams at the top of that draft board um, that, that's strongly considering them. So um, not, not too surprised that we haven't seen the uh, uh, numbers come out on Chet Holmgren as far as sprint, three-quarter uh, sprint, lane agility, vertical, which is standing static straight up, uh, max vertical, um, shuttle run, height, weight, body fat, uh, and then the shooting numbers. So not surprised that we haven't seen that, but it's good and it's uh, important. It's fun to track the three other Gonzaga Bulldogs, Andrew Nemhart, uh, because it's the third time he's declared for the draft. Uh, he does not have the ability to come back to school as we talked about. He had a good showing yesterday uh, at the combine in regards to the physical testing. Um, he was second in the lane agility behind none other than uh, Julian Strahler. So that's impressive. Lane agility is where uh, essentially you take the, the painted area of the floor, you sprint from baseline to elbow, slide, defensive slide from say left elbow to right elbow, back pedal, slide, slide back, sprint, slide, back pedal. So uh, it's essentially testing your ability to change speeds and change directions quickly um and so for for strother and nemar to be one two that's pretty darn impressive um in regards to that but staying on the topic of andrew nemhart and what he he showed uh his static vertical 26 and a half inches which is um uh, about what i would expect for a good not overly explosive athlete uh like uh, andrew nemhart and his max vertical uh was 35 inches so to give you a little bit of a comparison uh, who tested out the highest at their max vertical? Kennedy Chandler, the freshman from Tennessee, he had the highest max vertical of 41 and a half inches. So 35 uh, inches of a max vertical for a guard uh, is kind of right about in the mid mid point, the mid range. So um, a good showing there from Andrew Nemhart. When you look at the the body fat, he was one of the lowest in in the country. Uh, in the combine, excuse me, right around four and a half. His height was right around six feet, four and a quarter inches without shoes. So that's a tremendous asset for him, him to have. He tested out well in the shooting drills um, yesterday, uh, which is uh, one of those great things. I actually had a chance to talk with uh, assistant coach Stephen Gentry yesterday, who's back in Chicago, kind of just being around, being a resource for the Gonzaga guys who are there, as is Brian Michelson, but he's a resource back there just to kind of support the guys, kind of continue to build his network amongst NBA front offices 
and agent so he can answer questions uh, when they come up. But, um, you know, one of the, the great things about Andrew Nemhart that is starting to be asked by a lot of front offices is the fact that, okay, so early in his career, the first couple of years, he was shooting it right around 31, 32% from three. As a senior, he shot around 38%. So um, that's starting to kind of really spark their interest and say, hey, you know what? He is a better shooter uh, than maybe we had in our notes from early in his career. So he's really improved upon that. I thought he had a nice showing at the combine with shooting drills yesterday. So all in all, so far, a good performance from Andrew Nemhart. Today's a great day because they start breaking out into the games um, and you can actually watch them on ESPN. Um, the NBA draft combine games where teams are split up. Um, guys are split up into as even of teams as possible. Um, I know a lot of times when these teams are put together by the NBA front office evaluators, uh, you know, try to get uh, as even a teams as possible so that, they can have competitive games and then they try to play out of NBA type uh, philosophies and actions, both on the offensive end of the floor and the defensive end of the floor with the spacing, play with the pace, play with the 24 second shot clock as opposed to a 30. So uh, it's going to be fun to watch Nemhart play. Um, when you look at this year's draft, there is not a ton of point guards that really jump out at you. I know I went through some uh, uh, NBA draft um, mock boards and there was a few that had him uh, in the second round the more I'm reading into this and the more I I've talked to some people uh, I'm pretty comfortable that Nemhart will be drafted which is awesome um, and more than likely it's probably going to be in the 40s uh, and if he has a good showing in Chicago I think he can definitely solidify himself as a true uh, draft pick and I think one of the other reasons why is the NBA game is so predicated on pick and roll reads and making plays for others. And that's uh, one of Nemhart's great strengths is, is his ability to pass and make things easy for others, but in particular, make things easier for others out of pick and roll settings. So uh, things are really trending in the right direction for Andrew Nemhart. It's really, really fun to see uh, that uh, occur for him. You know, staying on the guards with Gonzaga, um, Julian Strother, Talked about it. Number one in the lane agility. Again, uh, that's a great, uh, you know, sign to be able to show that you can change speeds, change directions, accelerate, decelerate really quickly. Um, his vertical just standing static was 28 and a half and his max vertical was 35. Again, the best max vertical of anybody was Kennedy Chandler from Tennessee at third at 41 and a half. Um, Strother's three-quarter court sprint, uh, just a shade under 3.4. And actually, sorry, I didn't mention this about Andrew Nemhart. 3.02 seconds. So he had one of the fastest, I believe it was the fifth fastest time in the combine at the three-quarter court sprint. And for wings, Julian Strother performed well with 3.37 seconds in, in his three-quarter court sprint as well. Um, he tested out... Uh, normal uh, or what you would consider normal uh, or acceptable for an NBA size wing as far as his height, his weight, his body fat, nothing to be alarmed of there. Uh, good wingspan, um, you know, but I think where he maybe really did himself um, a benefit is in the shooting drills yesterday. He was number one in uh, shooting off the catch 
excuse me, he was top three in both shooting off the catch as well as off the dribble. Um, you know, you look at Strother's uh, shooting numbers from a season ago, um, I would have, I, and I, I still say this, he's more comfortable uh, in Gonzaga's offense of being a find an open space catch and shoot guy. I think he's becoming and became over the course of the season, a really good wide pin down guy, read it to curl, read it to flare, read it to straight cut, um, catch and shoot. Uh, I think what he proved in yesterday's shooting drills at the combine is the ability to put it on the dribble for one deck, uh, put it on the deck for one dribble and right, raise it up and shoot it. Um, you know, his mechanics are solid. They're smooth. They're fluid. Uh, and I think, you know, with confidence, you go into these drills, which I'm sure he was prepared for. He, you you can put your best foot forward and, and really um, uh, create a little buzz. Uh, I would imagine after day one, there's a little bit more interest uh, that is created around Strother. Uh, so for a Gonzaga fan wanting him to come back, maybe you're you're kind of on the fence, um, you know, but uh, there's a lot of basketball left to be played the next couple of days in Chicago with the combine, with the game starting up. And I think that's really um, going to be where Strother either cements himself as, yep, he's completely getting drafted or he's going to learn uh, some of the things that he really needs to focus on and work on to, to, to be able to get to that point. Um, right now, I think it's still too early to tell, but I've, I know I've said uh, I think he comes back for one year and all of a sudden, you know, he's a 16, 17 point a game guy, um, depending on if Timmy comes back as well. But even if Timmy comes back, you know, you're looking at a tremendous one, two scoring punch in Timmy and Strother, maybe the best returning one, two scoring punch in the country. Uh, I know I, I don't have all the numbers in front of me, but I, I can't imagine quickly thinking through college basketball landscape off the top of my head that there's two other there would be two other returning players with the production that they had um, if that were to come to fruition. But that brings us to the biggest question mark uh, that, you know, every Gonzaga fan is keeping their eye on how drew Timmy performs in the NBA combine. Um, and then what is his decision? Like, I, I honestly think he's going to take his time. He, he's going to, you know, research the heck out of this and, you know, he's got to follow his heart. He's got to follow his passion. Uh, I think if he comes back to Gonzaga, he's got a chance to be one of the all-time uh, greats in college basketball over the last 30 years. He was, He's obviously a, a Gonzaga all-timer at this point in time, but he could, you know, really cement himself as, you know, the top two, three Gonzaga Bulldogs of all time, um, you know, if he does come back. But I also understand the angle of, you know, he's been in college for three years. He's been an All-American for two of them, played in – um, a final four, you know, what else is there for me to do? His passion as most players are, is, has always been to play in the NBA at the next level. And why don't we get that started? So I see it from both angles, but this is an important week. Uh, I think for, for the games in the combine, not so much as for uh, the, the numbers of the testing. I mean, if anybody uh, goes in and watches, they, the games over the past couple of years, do you understand that Drew Timmy's a little bit undersized as a five or even as a four at the next level? He measured out slightly smaller than people had anticipated. His wingspan wasn't maybe what the prototypical big man in the NBA is. His athleticism doesn't test out quite as well as maybe some people would want. Uh, his body fat was, was not what people would expect uh, of an NBA player. But at the same time, you can't fool yourself when you look at Drew Timmy and his body of work. It's, it's about 
production and it's about impacting uh, a game and a win-loss column when you look at Drew Timmy. You can't look at the physical attributes uh, or the numbers and how they test out or the shooting percentages um, and, and get a full picture of Drew Timmy. Uh, I think the big thing is now is um, he goes, plays in these combine games, and he searches out mismatches that he can take advantage of, whether it's in the at the nail area, whether it's uh, off the mid post, whether it's getting a rebound and pushing in transition and, and being creative, which is one thing we've seen from him. I think another big thing in these pre-draft combine games for him to showcase and show is they're going to put him in switches in pick and roll settings and in isolations uh, when he's on the defensive of the floor. It's no different than what he saw at Gonzaga over the many games over the last year or two, but how does he guard that? Does he influence it to where there's help uh, when he's put out on an Island? Does he give away straight line drives? Um, does he understand schematically what they're going to try to implement on the fly for these teams in the combine defensively? I think those are the more important things that NBA front offices are going to be looking at. Um, he's, he's a really unique te test case in the fact that, he can score on anybody. He proved it uh, over the course of the last couple of years. Um, but is there a team, and it only takes one to draft you or believe in you to sign you to a contract. Is there a team that believes that he can come in and be that difference maker as a low post threat, low post scorer um, for a second unit? And I think that's where if he can prove himself out in some of these combine games, Again, all it takes is one team to fall in love with, with him and what he can provide to their team um, to, to make them say, hey, we're going to draft you or we're going to give a promise that we're going to sign you as a free agent because there's lots of those deals that are talked about before the draft. Um, so interesting day uh, yesterday with, the, with the, the timing of the drills, the timing of the measurements and when they came out, some good, some bad, some... Just up in the middle for Gonzaga, but today's another exciting day for Drew Timmy, Andrew Nemhart, Julian Strother to put their best foot forward uh, when the games begin at the NBA Draft Combine. So appreciate you listening in. I'm sure we'll recap a little bit over the next couple of days uh, how the Draft Combine has gone for those three guys, uh, as well as um, present a, another review of some mock drafts in the next few days now that the lottery selection order is finalized. So for Gonzaga Nation SI on the Gonzaga Nation Media Network, I've been your host, Dan Dickow.